sure as God made green apples, someday the Chicago Cubs are going to be in the World Series. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. Play it. The Cubs win the World Series. You are locked on Cubs. Your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. But we didn't come here to drink beer. We came here to win this ball game. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I said to the Uber boy, I said, take me out with the crowd. What's going on, Cubs fans? I'm Sean Sears, and you're listening to Locked On Cubs, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. On today's episode, we are recapping the weekend series and going over the three things we learned about the Cubs this weekend as they lose 2-3 or three against the Brewers, despite a really great start Friday. Unfortunately, could not beat Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff. We talked about that on Friday's episode and how it would be important to see how the Cubs do against these pitchers, regardless of of you know, win or losses here. And I think the results were a little bit better this time. Um, so the Cubs finish up that series with the Brewers have now lost all three of their series against the Brewers to start the season and now head to Atlanta for a three-game set against the Braves. So we'll be talking about the Brewers' losses, the Atlanta series coming up, as well as uh, our three things we learned about the Cubs, as well as our Lockdown Player of the Week. I think I was supposed to do that last Friday. I forgot. We'll talk about that here in the first segment. But today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. Get yourself 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So here in this first segment, I wanted to talk about the pitching, and in particular, Jake Arrieta. He's been, and to use a quote from both David Ross and Anthony Rizzo after Sunday's game, he's been a stud. He's pitched exactly, he's been exactly what the Cubs needed him to be. Um, he, I don't think anyone could say this is what they expected out of Jake Arrieta, um, but he's been exactly what the Cubs needed. Uh, a guy, a veteran who can eat innings, really pitch through some tough moments here. This Sunday game, it's so frustrating to see Arietta take this loss despite just giving up the one run because of the walks in the first inning. He walks in that one run and ends up being the reason he loses despite Jason Adam imploding in the ninth inning, along with the Cubs kind of throwing the ball around a little bit, which just kind of sloppiness that ended up with really got started with Adams, who is getting sent down to the alternate site at the moment. We don't know who the corresponding move is quite yet, but Adam, after having just an atrocious outing on Sunday, makes sense. He doesn't really have that command at the moment. He's a guy I've been really suspect about. I understand the appeal. He's a guy that can throw 96, 97, and has three different types of off-speed breaking ball pitches he can throw off of that pitch. It's enticing, but obviously when he doesn't have his stuff and he's leaving pitches high in the zone, that changeup, when it doesn't come out of his hand right, it's a cement mixer at the top of the zone. We've seen him get nailed too many times with that pitch. Uh, and uh, with that too, his fastball command, just not that great either. So clearly needs to work things out. You understand why the Cubs are enticed by that, but he's getting sent off this team. But Jake Arrieta, uh, man, what more can you say about this guy has been exactly what you hoped you could get from a guy like Jake Arrieta. And, uh, you know, man, <laughs> uh, He's just been fun. You talk about what he was able to do on Sunday. Despite the walks, he did have three of them. He managed to still strike out eight batters, gave up just two hits, the one earned run through six innings. Alec Mills came in and pitched two solid innings, and then Jason Adam in the ninth just, you know, imploded. Dylan Maples came in to try and clean up the effort a little bit, gave up runs. They were charged to uh, Adam, not Maples, because he put them on. But 
you know, you, you can't really blame Jake Arrieta for this loss. It comes down to the fact that the Cubs, once again, <laughs> got four hits, no runs, and they really didn't have too many threatening scoring opportunities. Brandon Woodruff just absolutely mowed them down through six innings, eight strikeouts, two walks, just the two hits. He lowers his ERA down to 1.55 on the season. Jake at 2.57. Um, yeah, Woodruff looks like he might be one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's definitely one of the best pitchers in the National League and probably is the best pitcher in the Central at the moment. He's just mowed the Cubs down. Um, and he did it. He did struggle a little bit in his last start, but, you know, man, he's clearly one of the most talented guys in baseball right now and is really doing whatever he wants to with the baseball. And the Cubs are just <laughs> it's those hard-throwing righties they just can't seem to figure out. They did have better success against Freddie Peralta. Four innings of work for him, five hits, two earned runs, a walk, and seven strikeouts. Cubs still struck out a decent amount, but they were able to scratch across a couple from Freddie Peralta, I think, thanks in large part to a Nico Horner double. Um, but after that, kind of got shut down. The bullpen came in. Suter, uh, Fireheisen, Devin Williams, and Josh Hader came and closed it out. Jake Marisnik had a really tough first pitch strike at the top of the zone that was, it was very clearly not a strike. David Ross got himself thrown out of the game. Everyone kind of made a big fuss about it. I didn't really understand that, but I don't think it made much of a difference. But either way, I, you point to why the Cubs were able to stick around in this game so long. Edward Elsley, four and two-thirds, two hits, two earned runs, two walks, uh, seven strikeouts. Rex Brothers looked okay, you know, picked up that third of an inning there, just that one. He did walk a couple guys. That was a little concerning. But Workman comes in. Andrew Shaven technically picks up that loss. He gets tagged for a couple hits. Didn't look awful. The Brewers just kind of babbipped him a little bit, and we're just, uh, I, think, I think it was Colton Wong that got a hit off of him. Lefty-lefty matchup. You don't expect that always. Tapiro, Winkler, Tapiro's going to serve out his suspension. But you talk about what Edward Alzelay did, what Kyle Hendricks did on Friday, and then what Jake Arrieta was able to do on Sunday. These pitchers are giving you a chance to win, and the Cubs cannot continue to squander these opportunities, especially when Jake Arrieta is giving you some of the best baseball he's pitched in years. You can't waste these opportunities. But... Before we get all get all on top of the Cubs case here, I want to commend Jake Arrieta. Then just uh, everything you could have asked for and more. He is our lockdown player of the week on the season so far. Through 28 innings, he's got 26 strikeouts, uh, a 2.57 ERA on the season. Um, he's just looked really good. And, you know, it, it, there's been moments where he struggled some, uh, but he hasn't given up. I think he's given up maybe two home runs this year, just eight runs on the season collectively right now. He's looked strong. Uh, we're not seeing him walk a ton of guys at the moment. His stuff has had a lot more movement. Than I think I was expecting it to have. I was kind of, this is my Homer thought I'm going to throw out here just cause you know, it's, it's out there. But I've been thinking, you know, the last three years, pitching in Philadelphia, um, in a, a town that uh, notoriously is pretty rough on their players, and honestly, the last couple of years were two of his worst seasons ever while he's getting paid more money than he's ever been given. Um, the Phillies took a chance on him after he was having kind of a so-so, you know, back and forth with the Cubs. The numbers were coming down, and it was clear he wasn't the same guy, but he was still figuring things out. You know, people think those last couple of years with the Cubs weren't great. 310 ERA, 353 ERA, I mean, the numbers don't necessarily reflect what the results look like when we were watching Jake pitch. It was clear even at 31, there was a step down and it wasn't necessarily his age. It was just, 
Jake's a very high maintenance guy. He needs that adrenaline. He needs to be able to focus at the same time, though. And I think that's kind of happening here in Chicago. You know, in Philly, they probably were giving him a hard time, maybe getting booed even. He was pretty rough in 2019, 2020, no fans. To come back to Chicago and to not only have the fans back, but just love you no matter what's going on. Like, Jake Arrieta will forever be a Chicago Cup legend. He's the only Cub pitcher I've seen throw two no-hitters. Um, so, you know, that's just, there's there's nothing that guy, there's very little that guy could do wrong to have this fan base turn on him. You know, they might get frustrated with him, but uh, this guy is a World Series champion and was just incredible in that 2015 and portions of that 2016 season too. Um, so, I mean, uh, I think that little, you know, bit of just kind of the fans always kind of being on your on your side a little bit, pitching in a familiar place with a team that's relatively familiar. Um, you know, it, it's probably kind of restoking some of those positive memories and just kind of maybe that muscle memory for Jake to kind of go back and just kind of shove a little bit because he's done that a few times. Uh, we've seen it for a few innings where Jake has just looked like Jake. Really nasty break on the two seam, the cutter slider. Not quite the same type of pitch that it was before, but a lot more break than I was expecting it to have. He's been really strong, and the Cubs have to stop screwing up all these starts, man. He's got five starts on the season, and each one of these has been pretty damn good. And the Cubs continue to just, man. I mean, he's he's won him a couple games. Obviously, he's 3-2 and two this year, uh, but it just... The Cubs have to do better. You, you can't waste a great start like Jake Arrieta. You can't let Jake work himself out of the jam that he was in in that first inning and then give you five great innings after that and he still be, you know, that that single walk he had in the first inning be the difference. You've got to be better. Even if it is Brandon Woodruff, it, that's a fantastic pitcher and he's going to give the Cubs fits all year just like he's going to give everyone fits all year. That can't, you, you have to hit those guys at some point. You've got to have professional bats. The Cubs can't continuously miss high heat, great movement pitchers. That's, you know, every great pitcher in baseball, you have to find a way to hit these guys. So, um, but I, uh, I, I would be remiss to say that Jake Arrieta didn't deserve the player of the week. And, uh, man, the Cubs need to start doing some, doing this guy some salad. Cause he's done nothing but win games or at least put them in good position to win games each, uh, each start so far this season. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced in the limited edition designs at a fair price point. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagements, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. When I was looking through some of the rings, Michelle uh, Fontachi, I hope I say, I'm saying that right. The, her ring stood out as something I would buy. Actually, it looked like a cool conversational piece, but they're very cool, unique, different, something you wouldn't see other places. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring you'll treasure that she'll treasure forever, you'll definitely want to go check this out. They won't be run long, so make sure you're, you're heading to BlueNile.com now and searching the words 10 by 10 to check out some of the latest rings they have to offer. Mother State's just around the corner, folks. Hey, Lockdown fans. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, real updates on odds and props on Almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. 
Head to the website or use the mobile app device to sign up today and receive 50% off on a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKDOWN. This year, the Lockdown Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft Live. Get insight and analysis from Lockdown local experts and Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Lockdown NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft from April 29th to May 1st. Uh, so here in the second segment, Cubs, or Cubs, like we talked about Saturday, Sunday, tough matchup against two really good pitchers in Freddie Peralta and Brandon Woodruff. Um, we knew they were going to be tough. We knew they've, they've, the Cubs have struggled with them in 2020, 2021 so far, the few the two other series as they saw the Brewers. We knew this was going to be a tough matchup. Um, I was encouraged by what we saw, though, from that Freddie Peralta at bats. Uh, they, they made him work. They got him out of that game early on. Um, he's a guy that, you know, once he starts getting through the lineup a couple times and his pitch count starts getting higher, that control starts to fade from him. He's still kind of, he's not at Bradalzali in the sense that the Cubs get nervous to let him work out of traffic or issues or really let him go deep in games that third time through. Um, but the, but the Brewers are, are careful with him. He does have some injury history. They know he's an important part of them being successful. Um, so they, they do pitch cap him a little bit, um, to some extent, if he runs into trouble or. The Cubs really work, get them to work a few innings, they'll 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 move on. Just because the, the Brewers have the bullpen to be able to do that, or at least they used to. Um but I was encouraged by that. That's what you have to do against a guy like him. You just have to make him throw pitches. And you you have to at some point, you've got to make some solid contact against him. I and mean, that's just gonna have to happen. The Cubs did pick up five hits against him. Um, but you know, one for eight with runners in scoring position. That seems to be the trend here. The Cubs seem to get their best scoring opportunities with, with, with having that patient approach. And that's been good because they've been seeing a lot of pitches, getting walks, getting guys on base, even when they're not necessarily getting those hits. But at some point they have to get those hits. And we're seeing right now contact wise, the Cubs, I mean, man, you look at the contact numbers. I mean, these numbers are really skewed at the moment because pitchers have only had so many at bats, but I mean, man, the contact numbers are pretty bad. And just terms of just general contact, Jason Hayward, Anthony Rizzo, and Matt Duffy, Eric Sogart right there at the top, but Zach Davies, Kyle Hendricks, Trevor Williams, those guys mixed into there. That's not necessarily a great sign. But you look at what the what the contact looks like when the pitch is inside the zone. You're seeing guys like Matt Duffy, like Eric Sogart, Jason Hayward, Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant getting contact in those zones, but they're not necessarily doing damage on that. You look at a guy like Javier Baez, he's getting first pitch strikes in about 66 point or 60 about 66% of his at bats. 25-26% of those are first swing strikes to start the bat. So Baez knows he's getting a lot of first pitch strikes. He's just not guessing right on a lot of those pitches right now. And it feels like that that right there specifically, the Cubs getting contact on pitches in the zone that Teams understand that they are not, you know, the best way to beat the Cubs is to let them swing at pitches outside the zone. If they're going to walk, they'll walk and they'll take their pitches. But right now they aren't really hitting the ball well. And that's changed a little bit here and there. But those moments have come against pitchers who aren't necessarily great. You know, obviously that Friday start, uh, Brett Anderson, a guy the Cubs have hit hard before anyways, was out after four batters. You have to come in and bring Josh Lindelbaum in there and, that's the game. The Cubs pile on a ton of runs early on in that game. And those games are going to happen, but I don't think that's the norm for this offense. And what we're seeing a lot of times is the Cubs showing that patience approach, getting their walks, not necessarily 
getting hits strung together, but having good patient at bats that ended up with base runners, or maybe they're able to pop a, a, a base hit or work an infield single, whatever it may be. They get runners on. It's usually been Wilson Contreras getting hit, but they aren't hitting. So they have runners on first and second or runners on the corner and they ground it to double plays or they strike out or they just don't put the ball in play to create productive outs. They were doing that a little bit to start the season, but it hasn't quite happened. And you look at the contact numbers like it it's clear the Cubs just, man, they aren't making contact with a lot of these pitches in the zone and they aren't seeing a lot of pitches in the zone for what it's worth either you look at some of the contact numbers the cubs i believe are the worst team contact wise in the uh in the national league the rays rangers oh milwaukee actually just edges them out but the rays rangers in milwaukee at 72 72 and 71.9 the cubs at 72.5 for contact according to fan graphs um you know that's fourth worst they were the worst just a couple days ago these numbers are going to fluctuate contact can change rather quickly guy has a three hit night and all of a sudden you know those contact numbers look a little bit better um but i I think the presence of a guy like nico horner is going to help in this regard but i you look at what the guy like freddie peralta a guy like brandon woodruff can do when they've got that high velocity they've got great breaking stuff that pairs off of it the cubs don't see a lot of pitches in the zone haven't been making a lot of contact with those pitches in the zone and when they do make contact they aren't driving those pitches on top of that they're seeing a lot of first pitch fastballs a lot of first pitch strikes and they're swinging and missing at some of those first pitches quite a bit a guy like Javier Baez seeing nearly 66 percent of his at-bats first pitch strike and 25 percent of those first pitch strikes are from him swinging you know you don't necessarily want to tell Javier Baez to sit back and not swing at some of these balls but at the same time too you don't want Javi, the patient approach for Javier Baez doesn't make sense for your team. He's at his best when he is free swinging and making hard contact. Um, but you just have to pick those moments better. You've got to work the counts. You've got to get yourself into a position where you know you can get a pitch you can drive. The Cubs don't do that nearly enough. And when they do face guys like Brandon Woodruff and Brett and Freddie Peralta, they run into these issues where they could see a lot of pitches, and maybe work the pitch count up and maybe get themselves into a position where they could either, you know, work this pitcher into a moment or get them into the bullpen sooner or whatever it may be. But it doesn't always quite work out in that favor. Sometimes the Cubs do get runners on and just can't knock them in. On the flip side, when they do try and be aggressive, it doesn't seem like they're able to see enough pitches to really get a good feel for a, a, a hitter until or a pitcher until they're in the fifth or sixth or seventh inning. And then, you know, that pitcher leaves and now it's suddenly it's a setup man and Josh Hader. <laughs> and, you know, the Cubs just, they, 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 constantly it feels like the brewers just know how to bend but not break with them offensively and know how to really just execute offensively enough to just get by against the cubs because that's all you really need to do when you've got pitchers that can just truly stifle your lineup the way the cubs seem to struggle with against these high velocity guys and everyone in baseball does it's not like every team is every other team is smashing these guys and it's just the cubs for what it's worth the brewers offense has looked dreadful i mean they they really did make a lot of this pitching i mean the the cubs pitching was good this week but i i think there were moments where the brewers definitely bailed out Jake Arrieta, Edward Alzale, Kyle Hendricks to some extent, but he pitched well, got smacked around a little bit towards the end of that start. But, um, you know, that's that's really kind of where these issues stem from. The Cubs have poor contact issues, but they also don't <laughs> necessarily, when they are making contact, 
they aren't necessarily driving these balls and they find offense and they, they score in bunches and it all stems from a couple guys getting hits, but it feels like that next day they go up and face a different pitcher and it's a completely different story. And I, I don't know what more can be done or said to try and change the tide here. You know, everyone calling into Les's show thinks the Cubs need to have a come together moment. They need to come together as a team. It's like, what do you think they've been doing since 2018? <laughs> um, you know, they, they, they had a coming together moment over Joe Madden's lame duck season in 2018. Like, you know, this is this is this is a long time coming. There's nothing to come together on. It's either a hit or, you know it's time to say goodbye is really kind of the question is really the issue they're looking at here. But I, I, I think the, like the offense we saw this weekend was much more encouraging than the offense we saw against like the last start against Brandon Woodruff or Freddie Peralta. The Cubs looked stronger. And honestly, up until that ninth inning, you know, the Cubs were in that game on Sunday until Jason Adam imploded and the defense made two errors. Um, you know, that, that game was very much still within reach, obviously. So it, who knows? They face Josh Hader probably again at the bottom of the ninth and probably get shut out anyways if it's a one nothing game. But, you know, it, it the Cubs were in these games. They, they were competitive. The offense looked like it was trying to create things on Saturday. Sunday just, you know, Woodruff just completely shut them down. But the Brewer offense wasn't doing much either until Jason Adam, like we talked about, imploded there. So, you know, you take away some positives there, but the overarching themes are still there. The Cubs still can't hit these guys particularly Peralta and and Woodruff and then that just that pitcher type high velocity great movement type pitchers um and they're just still losing series against the Brewers in general that's three series they've lost against them this team is looking like they're going to be in the thick of things here and the Cubs are really kind of just putting themselves in a tough spot especially with how close this division is going to likely be they're going to see these teams they see see the brewers i think 16 more times so they've got plenty more time chances to correct all of this but um you know it's it's tough especially with a lot of these series being at home two of them at least that's that's tough the cubs got to do better um they've got to figure out a way to attack these guys but as, as a as a whole the cubs have to find a way to start hitting high velocity they can't keep swinging through the zone. They can't keep focused on trying to drive the ball in the low after the strike zone. They've got to be ready for the high fastball. They've got to be ready to adjust off the fastball too. Easier said than done, obviously, but the Cubs need to figure out how to hit these guys because they can't just keep getting blanked by high velocity. That can't happen. The Cubs used to crush fastballs. What happened to that team? What's going on, guys? Sean Sears here from Lockdown Cubs, here to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar, of course, one of the best-tasting protein bars out there, but they've got six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisps, to go along with some of my favorites, which are the double chocolate, mint brownie, I like peanut butter, the raspberry chocolate one are great. I'm a big chocoholic. I love chocolate. That's what makes these bars so great. Each one is 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft, easy to chew. They don't have big, chalky, chunky pieces of like oat and whatnot. It's just a bar. It's soft. It tastes good. And it's great for the health conscious guy. I know my myself, I feel bad when I go in the morning and grab a donut or go and get, you know, coffee cake from somewhere. I feel bad about eating it. I feel bad later on because I'm not getting much energy. It kind of just, you know, you get that 2, 3 p.m. crash. Not with Built Bar. Take, for instance, the peanut butter bar. 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. That is 
a bar that tastes good and can be good for you. But right now, Built Bar has a special promo right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off your next order when you go to BuiltBar.com. And right now, Built Bar is also including a free cooler with purchase. That is while supplies last. Make sure you head to BuiltBar.com as quickly as you can. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get yourself 15% off at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bars you will ever have. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Lockdown and Odyssey is happening now. Featuring analysts from NFL experts like Michael Irvin, Jason LaCafonia, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. So here in this third and final segment, I wanted to touch on Nico Horner just because I thought he made a difference, at least made an impact this week. Obviously picked up uh, the had a three hit game against Milwaukee. Um, I believe that was on Saturday or no, it was Friday on the 15 to two win. Actually um, picked up a hit on Saturday. I know he had that double in the two RBIs there and then didn't pick up a hit and three plate appearances on Sunday, like many of the Cubs didn't against Brandon Woodruff, but um, had a really nice defensive play. And I, I thought it was weird. There were so many people calling into the score, complaining about Horner dropping that pop up to turn the double play. And I don't know if they just like missed that he turned the double play or like what exactly happened on that. But I don't know why people were giving Horner such a hard time. His contact bat's what they need. He's already showed last year. I mean, he led the team in contact last year. He's already right about where he was last year, about 85% in the zone right now. He's going to see that number increase as he gets more plate appearances. He's going to be close to leading this team in contact by the end of the season. And, I, you know, the Brewers were talking about on their broadcast just how pesky of a hitter Horner was already. You can feel that just because he does make that good contact and he is a great athlete and he does have surprising pop in his bat. He's got the quick hand speed and the bat to hand-to-back contact. That, that That's clear. It's clear advantage to him and something he really knows how to just utilize in, in different ways and not so much just about like getting the hands to the ball, but getting the hands on the inside to pull a pitch that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily expect he could get to fast enough or a ball that he shoots to the right side down the first base side. Like he just has that ability to go all over the field and, and, you know, whether those balls stay fair or not, it's another pitch that pitcher has to throw. And that's really what starts to wear guys down. You need more of these guys. The Cubs just haven't had that recently. Um, so it's nice to have Horner here, and obviously he's making an impact and looking like a guy that should probably be on this team going forward. I don't think a guy like Jock Peterson should keep a guy like Nico Horner off this roster at this point. I would assume he probably would, but in terms of talent-wise right now, I think Horner's a guy that I, I think you, you if if you're putting, if once Peterson gets hit back and is healthy and is struggling a little bit, you find a way to keep Horner in this lineup. Move Brian to left field or right field or whatever you need to do. Marisnik has been playing well. Maybe you start looking into options in that way, but um, Horner shouldn't be bumped from this team. Um, unless they're going to send him to the minors where he's going to get everyday plate appearances. Uh, even then, though, I don't think that helps you. He needs to learn to adjust to major league pitching. He's already shown he can hit minor league pitching and hit it well. Granted, small sample size, not necessarily. I don't think he ever had a bat and a bat above double A. So, um, you know, you, you take that with a grain of salt there. But I, I think uh, Horner's shown enough, I think, in the short time he's been with the Cubs, that he's clearly he's better than Eric Sogart, at least. Um and he's not going to subplant Sogar because of the lefty bat, but you, you know, he he's he's one of the better, he's one of the best twenty six players on this Cubs roster. He should be there. 
So um, I'm happy he's up. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity, and I think he can make a real impact for the Cubs at second base and at the plate just because of his approach with the contact. But um, matching up here tonight against the Braves, it's Zach Davies going up against Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton having a pretty good season for the uh, the Braves this year. A 3.19 ERA, 27 strikeouts to just seven walks um, and 23 innings of work. His last start against the Yankees, he won six innings, allowed just three hits, one earned run, two walks, six strikeouts, did allow a home run on 99 pitches. And that next start against Miami, a no decision as well, six innings, seven hits, five earned runs, two walks, nine strikeouts, 96 pitches. Um yeah, Morton is a guy that he can live and die off that contact, but he can also really make you miss bats if necessary. Cubs haven't seen him since 2015, um, so it's been a while. Morton's been in the AL for a little bit here, but with the Braves this year, um, good pitcher, veteran guy, 37 years old. Cubs numbers against him. Uh not a ton of guys have really seen Morton outside of Rizzo. He's got 24 plate appearances against or 24 games against him in 875 OPS. Um, Austin Romine, six games, 1167 OPS. I don't think he's going to be catching. He just caught on Sunday. Uh, Bryant in three games, 1667 OPS. Uh, Matt Duffy, obviously a former. I don't know if they ever actually played together, but they were both Tampa Bay Rays. Six games, 334 OPS. Um, Zach Davies, on the other hand, uh, 28-year-old right-hander, 1-2 and 8.80 ERA. Uh, The results have been just really weird. He's got 10 strikeouts to 11 walks. That's very uncharacteristic of Davies. He's given up 21 hits. It's crazy. Um, In about 70 innings of work, he gave up 55 hits last year. Um, 19 walks to 63 strikeouts. Uh, he's given up two home runs this year. The home run ball hasn't really been the issue. It's Davies getting bad on top of the walks is really where it compounds. He's been walking a lot of guys struggling to find that command. And then when he does give up some soft contact or he does give up a home run, there's two batters on base and it, it's, it really pushes the game out of reach. And it, it, it's hard for the Cubs to allow Davies to work out of some of those jams when he does give up, you know, routinely four or five runs to start those games. His last start against the Mets wasn't bad. Four innings, five hits, two earned runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Atlanta he faced that four innings, seven hits, four runs, three, three walks, just a one strikeout. Pittsburgh obviously was the disaster. The one in the third inning, five hits, seven run outing. Um, I just hope Davies can get to five, six innings. Let's, let's see if he can, he can get to six innings as a cub. He hasn't done that since 2020. Um, he hasn't done that since actually August 22nd of 2020 in a loss against the angels. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for Davies. I, I think this is a guy that, you know, hopefully can figure things out. I know if he doesn't, if he has another poor start, I think everyone in Chicago will be demanding he get pulled out of this rotation. That's not going to happen. Davies is too good. Um, and a guy you you let work through this. But you, you hope to see it soon, especially against the Braves team. It's not doing so well. Uh, five and five in their last ten games are coming off of a, a rough, not necessarily sweep, but a Sunday sweep. It's two seven game or two seven inning games against the, the Diamondbacks. I think that Sunday game saw them get no hit for seven innings by Madison Baumgartner. The Braves haven't scored a run since Friday in the seventh inning. Their games got rained out on Saturday, played the doubleheader. They didn't score a run in either of those games and have been no hit through about, I think, 11 or 12 innings at this point. Um, Braves are struggling. Davies needs a rebound start. And I don't know if Ronald Acuna and the Braves are the team that that happens against, especially at home. You assume Freddie Freeman's going to start hitting at some point. Um, But 
man, that would this would be the right time for that to happen. Taking a look ahead of this series, uh, it's Trevor Williams versus Ian Anderson for Tuesday's game, and then supposedly it's it's going to be Kyle Hendricks for the Cubs, but the Braves have Ian Anderson listed as well. Um, so I would assume that'd be a different pitcher. Um, <laughs> who who that will be, we don't know yet. Um, but yeah, it'll be uh, tonight. Davies, Trevor Williams tomorrow, Kyle Hendricks to wrap up this series with Atlanta. Um, big thing I'm looking at right now is the. Cubs have to make sure they don't get beat by Ronald Acuna. If there's one guy you don't want to let get going here right now, it's him or Freddie Freeman. It's going to be really tough to do because the other bats in this lineup are good, just not quite hitting where you would expect them to. Um, but still, really talented group that you don't want to mess around with. Charlie Morton, not going to give up a lot of hard contact. Going to probably get some strikeouts. Doesn't walk a lot of guys. Uh the Cubs have to have to try and find a way to push his his pitch count up, get into this brave bullpen that's not quite as good as some of their starters, and hope that this offense remains cold against Davies and really let him maybe bounce back. This would be a great time. If the Cubs were to take two or three from Atlanta on the road, that's really where you build momentum there, especially if it's a bounce-back start for Zach Davies. A lot of things kind of compound and pile up on each other at once. It's not just the offense breaking out, hitting three home runs, or having six extra base hits or whatever it may be be it's it's Zach Davies helping the Cubs propel them to a win over a guy like Charlie Morton who's a proven at least a proven winner but a postseason guy that knows how to win in those tough moments so I you know these are the type of wins you got to take against an Atlanta team that should be right in the thick of things in the NL East as well so that's where I'm looking at right now. You, you, you keep an eye on Ronald Acuna. He's the guy that you, you really worry about because he's tearing the cover off the ball. Freddie Freeman's starting to see some hard hit percentages coming out too. He's starting to smoke the ball a little bit, and that's kind of scary. Um, but on the flip side of things, the Cubs pitching, Zach Davies, you, you you look at him and say, you know, this is this is not necessarily put up or shut up time, but it's, it's time to see some results. It's time to see those adjustments, and hopefully maybe in warmer weather in Atlanta, that happens for him. But... That will do it here for today's episode of Lockdown Cubs. We appreciate you guys sticking around through here as uh, we get ready for the first pitch to happen here on Monday. But if you guys have not, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Lockdown Cubs. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Make sure you're following along on whatever podcast app you use, whether that's Google, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. Make sure you are followed and you are leaving five-star reviews. But with that, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. And as always, go Cubs.